Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Hello. Thank you for going to the Les Schwab Twires. Twires? I don't know. Hello. We appreciate you going to the Les Schwab. Les Schwab. Why it's can't like you Vive, say tires? Vive Clucot. It's the same Just thing. Just say tires. Uh, where, where do we pick up from? Hi, uh, everyone. You're listening to the Sinner and the Saint podcast. I'm Luke Anderson. I'm Will Darkins, well, and this is sponsored by Les Schwab Tires. Is that right? I think so. Okay. Yep. Enjoy. Doing the right thing since 1952. You promised you would take the kids to the zoo today. When are you going to mow the lawn? Your parents are coming over and you're not even dressed. You promised you were going to leave your wife for me. Don't let this happen to you. Everybody's working for the weekend, but your family and friends are always ruining your days off. Introducing football season. The best way to drown out the ones you love. Watch grown men run into each other head first. Marvel as overweight men chase a bouncing ball. Let the gladiators of today help you disconnect from the worries of the modern world. Get your 2018 college and pro football seasons today and we'll throw in the Sinner and the Saints tailgate show. Presented by Frostbrood Coors Light for free. That's right, you'll get two football leagues. Luke Anderson. If you were at the gym and you saw Myers Leonard pull up in a Prius, met him at the swimming pool, but you didn't have really a chance to talk to him because he kind of dismisses of you. Would you leave your name and number in his uh, windshield? Will Darkens. Like, I want to see more of the man bag, the alligator skin man and bag. And two hours you'll never get back every Saturday morning for one low price. Just turn your dial to 1080. The Fan. not a me thing. I don't know. I'm talking into the microphone. Hey, happy Saturday. Why aren't you more excited? Just listen to it open. What about it? And I realize the football season's over tomorrow. It's not over tomorrow. It's over. It's the finale tomorrow. Yeah, it's a different way to look at it. But next Saturday when we come in here, it's over. Well, yeah, that means we get to... Uh... You know, have a whole year of spouting off theories about movies and athletes. I mean, that's I pretty. Know. I'm not ready to go to baseball hot stove. No, and, and that's the, not we, what we we've do. had a week of NBA trade rumors. No, I, ah. I'm actually going to refuse that we talk any baseball on this show here forward. Oh, Unless okay. we get a baseball team here in Portland. Well, we can speculate about that every weekend. Sure. Let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I just, I, that was my first realization that it is the finale. It is the Super Bowl. Yes, I'm excited for that, but. Uh, well, what's wrong with you? I don't know if I'm tickled for the AAF to get started. How are you not super jacked up right now I, about Tom Brady and Jared Goff, two beautiful faces smushing together in Atlanta, going against each other, rubbing against each other, passing whoa, against whoa, each whoa, other. Whoa, whoa, What? Doing what? Trading balls. Trading balls. I need this to be a good game. They will be trading balls. I need this to be a good game. I want Why? This to, I don't know. 
I, I I'm for some reason. Has, I your, had this, has your family gone to crap? Oh yeah, for sure. There's, this is like what you need. There, this is going to be the last thing. There's no question about it. No, I have this sinking feeling that it's going to be a blow, and I don't know which direction. And I'm not going to predict it, but I got this feeling uh, yesterday evening. I was like, oh man, this game's going to suck. And I don't know why that popped into my head. And I didn't say, oh, the Patriots are going to write away with it. Oh, the Rams are going to write with it. For some reason, I just got a feeling that this game's going to blow goats. You know why? Because Maroon 5 is the halftime show. You know, that very well could be it. It's not only that. It's that Travis Scott is going to be in it too. Which, why? Why are you doing that? Why is Travis Scott with Maroon 5? What is the point of that? Shouldn't it be up to the city to put on the halftime show? You know what I mean? So this is the ATL. There's a proud music tradition. The region is chock full of great artists that have Some southern rap. You can do southern rap. I don't care if you bring in uh, 38 Special. Do something that represents the area. I realize that we go from Los Angeles and we'll probably end up in Las Vegas and there's not the kind of roots that you want, but they went to Minnesota. Didn't they go with uh, Prince? Tribute? I would want to get a gimme T.I., Bun B, uh, Pimp C, Ludacris, Young Jeezy, and Outcast on the stage together. Did you just pull up famous artists from Atlanta? Yep. Okay. Um, yeah, give me all of those dudes. I want like a gang of dudes. Okay, here's what you my... Want, wait, you want a gang of dudes? Give me a gang of dudes. And what I want up on stage is what I just said. I want T.I., Big Bun, uh, Pimp C, Little T, Ludacris, Jim J, and Outkast. And I want them all on the stage. And I want them to be all performing at the same time. And then I want at some point in the show to fireworks to go off. Sure. And then there's a huge door behind them. You don't know who's coming out of the door. Yeah. Guess what? It's the entire Wu-Tang clan. uh, And they bust uh, out. Wait, are they? They're not Atlanta, Georgia, are they? That doesn't matter. Oh, no. The entire Wu-Tang clan from Bed-Stuyvesant just busting out and rapping, all right? So then... Bedford-Stuyvesant. Yeah, that's what I said. I said that. You can't abbreviate half of it. Bedford-Stuy. Yeah. Bed-Stuy. I said enough of it. Okay. No, but you see, you're forgetting, you're, you're, you're sticking to one genre. I know that you're super hip-hop, but don't forget there's other artists from Georgia, and the thing is, if you have Outkast and T.I. come out and then do a mashup with Sugarland. No. What? What? <laughs> no. Ew. <laughs> see, that's the thing. The reason they couldn't do this was just because of the fact that so many African-American artists who are absolutely incredible at what they do, whether it be Beyonce or Rihanna, didn't want to do this performance because of the Colin Kaepernick. Well, hasn't hasn't Bay already been there? She has been there, but she's getting invited back. Which, by the way, she was a part of one of the crappier ones uh, because it was with Coldplay. You remember when That's Coldplay right. did Coldplay's the Super Bowl fantastic. halftime show? There's nothing better than whiny, soft rock British alternative. That's perfect for football. Yeah. No. No? No. No. Like, if you got... Just have Bob Seger do it every year. Wouldn't that be fine? Imagine and if... And then it, have Chevy sponsor it, and you can have a truck roll out there, and then Coors Light. It'd just be Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band, Coors Light everywhere, and Chevy trucks. There's your halftime show every year. What if it was Bob Beyonce Seger... Beyonce can roll out. What if it was Bob Seger and Jimmy Buffett this, to start, right? 
Oh, I know why Bob Seger can't do the halftime show. Because he's in Portland. And he's from Detroit. Oh, that's true. Hey, the Lions. So I want to get you know, Bob Seger, and I want to get Jimmy Buffett, and then that performance will roll into U2, which will then roll no, into no, Sting. No, no, U2 is British. We need American. Let man. me this finish. This is American football. That will roll into Maroon 5, that will okay. roll into Sugarland. that will roll into Creed. Ooh, Creed. I want this thing to be the whitest, mellow concert that it could possibly be. Is Nickelback busy? I think they're booked. Are they booked? Dang it. I mean, imagine Dragons went real over really well at the uh, national championship game. Can we just get them out there? Hey, uh, let's go to Twitter. At Center Saint 1080, what is our poll related to the uh, halftime show acts thing? Okay, so we've made it pretty much clear from this first segment that we don't uh, care much for Maroon 5 being the halftime show uh, Super Bowl show halftime. I don't think it's just us. I think it's everybody. And and here's the thing is I could probably identify a couple Maroon 5, but none in the last decade. Do you mean guys in the band or songs? No, like if you played one of their old songs, it'd be like, oh, is that Maroon 5? Oh, I never liked them. I think I could identify some Maroon 5s. <laughs> There's a Maroon. That guy's a Maroon 5. Who would you rather see perform at the Super Bowl halftime show? The choices right now are Rebecca Black, Baby Shark, uh, the song. Just a song on repeat over yeah, and over again. For however long halftime is. you know is, they're making a minutes. Netflix series based on that stupid YouTube video? Yeah, you got to make money. Okay. Uh, fall Down Drunk Kesha or a Tsunami Warning Siren? Wouldn't that just be Kesha? What, the Tsunami Warning Siren? Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. She kind of is one. Eh, that seems fair. Did you ever see Kesha's performance on Saturday Night Live? I think that I did, it but maybe I'm mixing awful. that up with Ashley Simpson. No, it was bad. It was, like, scary bad. Yeah, but don't you always skip the musical performances on SNL anyways? Not always. Sometimes they have really good ones. Sometimes. M- most of the time, not. You're just not hip to new music. Seems fair. So, how is the poll doing? Uh, Well, we'll get back to it. Mm. Okay, bit. go to at Center Saint 1080, and you can uh, participate along with that. You're suggesting that not a lot of people have responded at this point. Well, I will say this, that uh, on the Better You Today text line 55305, somebody uh, has suggested that it's the Bob Seger system reunited to do uh, Ramblin' Gamblin' Man, brother. Sounds pretty good. And then somebody else is just all for Baby Shark. All for Baby Shark? Okay. Yeah. Well, hey. What would you have on stage with Baby Shark? Would it just Left be like... Shark? The, Bring back the sharks from the Katy Perry performance. The Katy Perry thing. Yeah, yeah just have exactly them dancing around. Yep. But that's the thing. You wouldn't have a main act. It would just be Baby Shark just pumping through the speakers and just a bunch of people in aquatic costumes. So it's it's funny. Everybody assumes that I've watched Baby Shark a bazillion times because I have young children, but I've only... Have you played s- it for them yet? No. my co- my uh, Their cousin, my niece, played it for them. And I just refuse to play because I don't want to hear it because it's annoying. And you don't want to expose your kids to audible crack. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is, dude. It's, kids get obsessed with that crack. Well, they're already obsessed with a few couple Disney movies. Uh, Moana is one of their favorites. Uh, they love uh, Blue and the Dancing Bear from Jungle Book. Mm. There's a couple things. But I can sit there and watch Moana or the Jungle Book, and I can put on the movies. And here's the thing, folks. I don't want to. I don't teach anybody how to parent. I'm just telling you how I do it. I'm mm-hmm. not telling you what to do with your kids, but this is just something that I have observed in my life. Not trying to preach. But if they watch a movie, characters go through emotional arcs. 
and it tells a story. And they can see when somebody gets sad or happy, and they actually learn something. It's called emotional intelligence. I'm hoping that the movies can teach them because I'm dead inside, and I have no hope of teaching them myself. God, that's sad. Wait, that took a dark turn. It took an extremely dark turn. Okay. Now, do you play Moana to, uh, for them because of your Polynesian roots? Yes, absolutely. And by Polynesian roots, uh, my wife and I moved to Hawaii and uh, lived there for a year and drank a lot of uh, Mai Tais. Yeah, and now you just claim yourself as Polynesian around the office, which I've been meaning to tell you a lot of people are kind of pissed about. Like, nobody wants to tell you to your face that that's offensive, but it's it's kind of weird. I'll, I'll tell you, to be, and this is entirely honest, when we were uh, thinking up names for the kids, my wife's favorite hotel is the Moana Surf Rider. You in, were not. In Waikiki. She wanted, to, she wanted to use Moana as a name. This was before the movie. And then I go, I think there's a movie coming out with that. And we went, oh, I guess we can't use that. But only for a brief minute, we talked about using that name. Wait a minute. That was your reasoning for not naming one of your daughters Moana? Yeah. And then both our girls are named after movie characters. But there you go. Like, are you worried about the questions when people are like, oh, you named your kid Moana. Oh, so like what island are you from? Again, we didn't get further than, hey, I think there's a movie coming out. Let's reject that But that should have been the thing that stopped you that was like, oh, yeah, we're not really from the islands. I mean, we lived hey, there listen, for a while. Listen, but Listen, it was that brief of a conversation. I'm not going to get into it any further because that is literally the end of it. It's as long as we had the conversation. It's like wanting to name your kid Fritzel and you have like zero German in you. Well, I'll tell you, the other name that we we're considering was Olina, which is a Hawaiian word, but it's also a popular Eastern European name. So that's where Moana came from. So well, we what start- are you? Aren't you Irish? Uh, no, I'm a, a mutt. Uh, my grandmother was Czech My on one side. The other side was German. Uh, my grandfather was German. Grandma was Czech. Other grandma was Finnish. Grandpa was Danish. I'll say that's just on me. I assume every white person's Irish. Yep, not Irish at all. But I'll tell you that, like, it's a pretty good strategy because most of the time you're kind of right. What's that? Like, if you just are like, oh, like, what? How, how much Irish blood do you have in you? And how people much? are usually like, oh, a little bit. How Irish are you? Oh, a little bit. Yeah, see, I, don't, I don't think I have any Irish. <laughs> Danish, Czech, Finnish, German, I think is the majority of what we got going on. And here's uh, little Moana. There you go. With uh, her sister, Waikiki. Olina is what Olina, we're thinking. I'm sorry. Again, again, no, it's fine. You can, be as, you, can, you can be as downtrodden as a thought that passed through our heads as you want. We didn't go with that name. So there you go. <coughs> Anyways, here's Honolulu. Here's Moana. And we're going to move on from that. Hey, uh, it's a Super Bowl tomorrow. And this is Who's our freaking... dog, Sharky. <laughs> Who's freaking pumped? Uh, hey, I do need to tell you something uh, that I did that I don't normally do that I think you'll be proud of. Uh, and it relates to the Super Bowl and Twitter. We'll do that next to kick things off. You're listening to The Sinner and the Saint on 1080 The Fan. Hey, it's Super Bowl! Weekend! Ah, guys, Super Bowl! Yeah. Super Bowl! Are you pumped for the Super Bowl? Oh, it's the Super Bowl! What's your feeling? I told you my feeling. I came out in the first segment, for anybody that missed it and shared my feelings, I have a feeling. Oh, I have a it's feeling, the Super Bowl! I have a feeling this game's gonna suck. For some reason. What what feeling do you have about the oh, game? Oh, Super Bowl! What's your gut telling you, Darken? Super Bowl. Uh. Mm, I don't know. I feel like it's going to be a uh, offensive explosion. Ooh. Do you think it's going to be a shootout, or is it going to be a one-sided offensive explosion? I think for the most part, it'll be a shootout. I kind of expect the Patriots to win, but there's a little part of me that's kind of thinking Belichick's going to get outfoxed by McVay. 
that there's something McVay sees that Belichick hasn't thought of. And I know that seems kind of reverse that like Belichick's going to, you know, the master beats the student. Sure. But at the same time, I feel like that McVay has made the leap forward in these playoffs compared to last year where he actually like game planned. You know what I mean? Like last year when he played the Falcons, it was just kind of like, all right, I'm going to go do the same thing I did during the season. Yeah. And they learned a valuable lesson, which was, oh, yeah, that'll get you curb stomped. Yeah. I feel like he's going to adjust well and. I feel like it'll be a good game, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And hopefully Todd Gurley is rested a little bit more and won't act like he had like four beers and can't play or something. Well, I think one of the smartest things we've done as a show is we've decided we're not going to do predictions. So if you're waiting around and you only tuned in to hear who we're going to pick to win the game, uh, nobody knows. Nobody knows what's going to happen. How many many games have we watched in the Super Bowl where Malcolm Smith ends up being the MVP? or Dexter Jackson, or Larry Brown. I mean, the Super Bowl is so random. David Tyree is a guy that made one catch in his entire career. And just a quick note, if you do want our picks, uh, head over to our podcast, Picks and Licks. That's right. Where just for about 20 minutes, we just pick. Picks. And then and then we play uh, sweet guitar licks. We do it with chicks and bricks. We're really avoiding the D word pretty it's well. Really, I know, I'm doing my best. What a slip. But yeah. that's all the podcast is. It's just picks. We're just picking picks stuff. and guitar licks. Yeah. It's, it's what's your pick? Yeah. I mean, we use real guitars. We just don't have them in the studio right now. Give me snow on Monday. That's what I'm taking, Luke. Lock it. Yep. Yep. Snowy Monday. And then if you don't know, because, uh, you know, uh, the thing is, if we brought our guitars into the show, we yeah. do nothing but jam. Well, yeah. We're great guitar players. We are, yeah. Uh, Exceptional rock guitar me a little bit better than you whoa yeah whoa well in fairness i do play a guitar yeah so but i play it pretty sweet doesn't sound great sorry what why are you just bringing this up now a little awkward um tom brady has 29 postseason victories 29 so if he wins super bowl 53 that makes 30 the Patriots as a whole, as an organization, have 36 playoff victories. Mm. Tom Brady by himself beats 27 NFL teams in playoff victories as entire organizations. He's really good. This list, there's a couple teams that are shocking. The worst is the Texans. I'm okay with that. Okay. They have three, but they're a new new uh, organization, right? They didn't adopt the history from the Tampa Bear Buccaneers. Care to guess how many they have? Just call them the Tampa Bear Buccaneers. Tampa Bear Buccaneers. Okay. How Six. many? I don't know. Seven? Six. Six. Okay. Right about there. Guess how many the Cincinnati Bengals have? I'm going to go with ten. Five. Huh. Five playoff victories in their history. Didn't they go like seven times with – Marvin Lewis. Well, I mean, they and haven't they actually won a one. playoff game in like 20 years. So. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> like, this list is just so absurd. Detroit Lions have been around forever. This is in the Super Bowl era. They have seven playoff victories. So, I think that this, what, you, what you're kind of keying on right now is the overall narrative of what really they should have harped on more this week. Because, let's be honest, the, the anticipation for this Super Bowl, there were not very good narratives. No, I don't think they did a terribly good job with it. No. I think I think... Locally, I actually really enjoyed the coverage because I, I, I don't think there's any point in getting 
too, you know, deep into it where, where you don't, you know, where you don't have like somebody to talk to. But the national one is what was really disappointing. The national storylines I thought were absolute garbage. But yeah, I think this is what it is. It's not just Tom Brady's been, this is his ninth Super Bowl. I mean, talk about playoff experience with Belichick and Brady and this Patriots team. There's so many guys that have been there before. He's going for his 30th playoff victory as a dude. Yeah, but we're all numb to it. See, that's the thing. That it, The whole Tom Brady thing, I think everybody is just completely numb to because he is so friggin' smug. And you know what? I think it happened after they beat the living crap out of the Chargers. Yeah. I, I think that's what it was because for some reason, I have no clue why everybody expected the Chargers to like put up a game. I, I don't know. You know, it's one of those things where like you go back into history books and you try to figure out Man, why would the Chargers lose against the Patriots? Oh, right, because they lost at that time. Yeah. yeah. I'm tired of that. What I feel like they should have done more was focus on the fact that this is the new dynasty going up against the old dynasty. I don't feel like there was enough of that. But is it a dynasty? That's the thing. The Rams could get housed in this game. And they go back to it, and they have Sean McVay, and he starts to slip, and, uh, you know, in two years he's How gone. dare you? Hey, How just, dare you? Super Bowl losers have a habit of disappearing. They Did just, I tell you that they I just do? I mean, Cam Newton a few years yeah. ago was the MVP and took the Panthers to the Super Bowl. What's happened to them since? Not good stuff. Matt Ryan, MVP, uh, young head coach, uh, Kyle Shanahan, offensive coordinator, genius. He left. Uh, how did how did the how did the Falcons look? Not too well. I will say that last year they won a playoff game. I mean, it's not that bad. I'll get that. But what yeah. they do this year? No, not much. Yeah. So you, I mean, I'm just saying that that this. I wouldn't be that surprised if they ended up disappearing. I know that we all want the Rams to become this dynasty, and Sean McVay is a great story because he's just a kid. But, man, if you get housed by the Patriots and it's a bad look, you end up kind of disappearing. And it's not all it, – I don't think they'll get housed by him. See, that's what I'm saying. I don't know. Like I said, I just have a bad feeling that the game goes really one-sided. I don't know where I'm getting it from, but – Five five three zero five. If you think the game is going to be completely one sided, history should also tell us the fact that the Patriots. I think the biggest margin that they've ever won a Super Bowl by is like eight. No, it's six. I mean, they're mar- their biggest what, the loss Philly one? in the well in the Brady Belichick run. The yeah. Philly Philly beat them by eight. What? You mean beat the, they beat Philly? No, no, Philly beat them last year. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking of the one with McNabb. Yeah, they're that one. I think was it was a one score game. Oh, let me now. I, now I got to pull up the history of the Super Bowl. Ah, you got me. That's the best part, though. What's that? The history of the Super Bowl? Yeah, it really is. Looking back at Super Bowls. Yeah. All right. Let me pull them up here. You could say words while I'm stalling here. Sure. Words. I can read some text from the Better You Today text line at 55305. Somebody's predicted 2926 Pats. Somebody else said the Bengals also made it to the Super Bowl, which means one season eats up two minutes. Oh, minimum of two. Sorry, yeah, I read yeah. that backwards. Yeah, I, that's very true. I mean, it's... And Deal has also chimed in saying Suk is more Polynesian. He went to BYU, which that's true. I think if we had a Polynesian off, Suk would beat the crap out of you. Really? Yeah, I dude. Mean, he All definitely you did was the... live... Th- How long did you live in Hawaii? A year. Suk, Suk would just <laughs> knock the crap out of you, dude. Well, a lot of Polynesians played with you at Oregon State, though, too. Well, yeah, I would be third in the Polynesian off. Oh. I think okay. in the yeah. office, probably. So I, I pass you. There's a couple people that lived in Hawaii. There's, yeah, anyways, doesn't matter. None of them are actually Polynesian. All right, let's. Well, it matters now. <laughs> All right, so we are going to look at the Eagles. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, they, that was a 24-21 game, the Patriots over the Eagles. As okay. much as we like to think that the Eagles just fell flat and Donovan McNabb was puking all over the field and they got housed, that's not the case. And Terrell Owens' leg was broken. Yeah, but he played really well in that game. But, yeah, he that's did. a 24-21. So let's go back to the Belichick era and we'll go through the whole thing because, hey, why not? Uh, so... The first win was against the Rams. That was a three-point victory, uh, 2017. Another three-point victory against the Panthers two years later, 32-29. Against the Eagles, they win 24-21. They lose to the Giants, 17-14. They lose to the Giants again, uh, 21-17. So that's the biggest margin of victory right there is four. Mm -hmm. Uh, New England beats the Seattle Seahawks 28-24. There's another four-point victory for them. And then you have them beat the Falcons. This is the biggest margin of victory. It's six points for for the Patriots. And that was overtime. So technically, you could say that was the closest game. Let me ask you this. Who do you think at the end of this decade? And then, sorry, last one. 41-33 last year was the eight-point victory. So that's the biggest margin of victory in any of the Super Bowls this version of the Patriots. Okay, so I'm looking over just Super Bowls in history, right? Mm -hmm. I got... um, uh, So uh, would you say this? That this decade so far, we're almost done, Yep, um, has produced some really good Super Bowls. I think so, yeah, because if you go the the first one. The Saints one was great. Saints-Colts was fantastic. Uh, the Aaron Rodgers ha, getting the win yeah, it was over okay. the Steelers was okay. Was okay. Yeah. Giants-Patriots uh, rematch was good. Ravens, the, the end of the Ravens-49ers Ravens game was good. It, but was it was good, and the power outage, that was awesome. Well, it, but it was... It was kind of lopsided before the power outage, but the surge at the end uh, was good. Seahawks Broncos uh, for anybody that's not a Seahawks fan, not that, good. that game was terrible. That one of the best Super Bowls ever was the Seahawks losing. Even as a Seahawks fan, that game was fantastic. Uh, Panthers Broncos was was eh. uh, Falcons uh, overtime loss is amazing. The Philly Philly special was great. So so yeah, you take this decade, decade, of, decade, Super decade of Super Bowls. Which decade do you think was better, the one we're in right now or the 1990s? Right now. I mean, you had the Bills go and lose four straight, and the last two against the Cowboys I thought were terrible. Uh, but you do have the two Broncos Super Bowls, which yep. are awesome. Brett you Favre had the one. Brett Favre-Pats one, which was great. Yep. You also had the... I thought all the Buffalo Bills ones were great. No, the Cowboys ones were terrible. I mean, they got housed by him, 52-17 and 30-13. Well, you're not going to take the 2000s-era Super Bowls because yeah. there's some real stinkers in there. No, that's fine. But the the, the Niners-Chargers was awful. Uh, the Cowboys-Steelers, I thought, was a really bad game, too. I mean, that was, that was uh, oh, geez, who's the quarterback? Neil O'Donnell throwing two picks straight to Larry Brown, and he won the MVP in that game. Uh, but, yeah, Packers is good, but they, they won that game by a pretty big margin. But, yeah, the, the two... Broncos Super Bowls. The first one was good. The second one, the Falcons, the Dirty Bird. That should have been the Vikings. That was the wrong team in that Super Bowl. Oh no! You don't think so? The the Randall. Hey man, if you can't make your the, kicks, <laughs> I get it. But the Randall Cunningham, Randy Moss, Chris Carter. You didn't want to see that team playing in there. Uh, I mean, I I don't know. I, to me, I never. And this is why I go back to the whole NFC title game this year. Like, look, if you didn't win the game, you didn't win the game. No, I get I get that, but what I'm saying, though, Whatever is... Whatever, I'd rather have seen it. I have no idea. Maybe they yeah. would have sucked. Maybe they would have choked like the Pats did against the uh, Giants the first time. Yeah, but... Because they choked. I agree. 
I, I mean, I don't know. You never know. That's why I think, and this is kind of looping back around to this Super Bowl. Sure. You really never know, right? You never know how a game's going to end up. I feel like last year, going into last year's Super Bowl, I was kind of like, eh, I don't care. The only this one we not intriguing. I don't care about this. Yeah, the only one we didn't mention in the uh, 90s that was the first one, 1990, uh, and it, this would have been the carryover. That was the 55-10 beatdown of the Broncos from the 49ers. Oh, yeah, that was bad. Dude, yeah. John Elway had a rough go of it. Yeah. Well, he did until he didn't. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess if you bookend it that way, the Broncos were, you know, probably the biggest story of that decade. It would have been cool to see the Bills win one or at least be close and have a chance to win one. No, nah, man, they suffer. <laughs> they definitely do. <laughs> hey, them and the Vikings both have. Uh, They're the proverbial punchline, dude. I don't know. The Vikings are pretty close. Uh, All right. Uh, yeah, hey. but four straight Super Bowls. Yeah, no, no. that's like. And and by yeah, the way, okay, they the also were completely buried after that. Like they never became relevant ever again. Sure, I'll give you that. But the Vikings went to four in what eight years? I mean, let's see. They went in 70, 74, 75, and seventy seven. Yeah, so. but the Vikings up until this point are still relevant. Like they've always stuck around. Like even this year, last year, they, they've always been yeah, like they haven't good. been back. They haven't been back since the nineteen seventies, and I just mentioned the best team that they probably ever had didn't make the Super Bowl. I'd rather be a Vikings fan than I would be a Bills fan. Yeah, I'll give you that currently, but either way, hey, uh, hour two will be jam packed with more Super Bowl. Uh, We've got some, uh, we've got a fun game. Try to sum up the Super Bowl in four words. That's bouncing around Twitter. Yeah, I looked at Twitter. Four words. Five five three zero five is a better you today. Better you today text line. Better you today, Super Bowl. Better you today, Super oh, Bowl. Whoops. Send. Oh, we're gonna get knocked for that one. So we are actually. <laughs> Send your Super Bowl uh, breakdown in four words. We'll get to the, some of those in the second hour. Uh, but nine uh, nine thirty coming up, we're gonna do our uh, run around the NBA. We don't have a name for it, but we're gonna bounce around some NBA stories. Then good versus evil, and we'll get into hour two. But first, we bring you the news. All right, let's try out some four-word uh, Super Bowl descriptions here before we get into some NBA stuff. Uh, how about bring back Bud Bowl? Bring back what? Bud Bowl. What was the Bud Bowl? Oh, was that the little beers running around? Yeah, little beers running around. <laughs> uh, bring back the Bud Bowl. No, no, you can't say the Bud Bowl. That's oh, sorry, Bud Bowl. Bring back Bud Bowl. Uh, here's one uh, from the Better You Today text line. Haters gonna hate. No. I'm guessing that's uh, Patriots. Describe the Super Bowl in four Beer words. and chicken wings. Sean McVay's hot beard. Sean McVay's hot girl. Hot. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, right. my God. And we God. lost Will for the rest of the show. No, seriously, dude. <laughs> I went down a rabbit hole last week looking at his uh, girlfriend. Yeah. His, uh, like, that guy... She would look good in bunny ears. You know how sometimes you'll look at I Facebook mean. and you feel bad about yourself a little bit because people like way over overshare their like in quote unquote incredible careers, their pictures of them and really their lives aren't that great, but you think they're perfect. And yeah. you're like, wow, I haven't done anything with my life. Yeah. McVeigh is the embodiment of that. Uh, he is 32 <laughs> years old. I am 30, about to be 31. And he whoa, is. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What comes after 30? 31. Oh, not that bad math. I just hate it with people. Uh, yeah, I'm 30 going on 31. So really? McVeigh already oh, yeah, has nice. this smoking hot model girlfriend. He has a Super Bowl bid 
Everybody loves him, and he has a photographic memory. I didn't have a photographic memory. That's stupid. Totally. Uh, uh, better you today. Text on five, five through a game. This game already sucks. No. Why does everybody think this game's going to suck? Well, he, here's what I'm hoping. So I already said I, I had this, I had the sinking feeling that the game will be bad. Um, so I was going to say, I will be disappointed. I'm going to change it to, I will be surprised. I think maybe what my body is doing, you ever go to see a movie and you're like, ah, this is going to be terrible. And then you're like, well, it wasn't so bad. Maybe that's what I'm doing is I'm setting myself up with the low expectations. That way, when the game is good, I will be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I just think it's going to be a lot better than everybody thinks. Yeah, well, listen, I I was on that train. Last week we sat here and I was like, this match I think is fantastic. I really like the young old storyline. I think the Brady going for... You know, what is it? What is fifteenth Super Bowl or whatever it is? And, and his eightieth Super Bowl. Yeah, he has more Super Bowl appearances than McVeigh has. You know, years on his uh, driver's license. How far will Brady's creamy, pliable muscles be able to stretch? I think that's more than four words. Pliability. <laughs> creamy, pliable. Oh, I got four words. Yeah, shut up about pliability, <laughs> dude. That's all that guy cops. Seriously, yeah. the entire Super Bowl talking about his pliability. How about this for forward? Start okay. the freaking game, right? It's probably just the two weeks because you go through this roller coaster, right? If it was one week, I'd have been pumped for the game. We'd have watched it. It would have been over by now. It's the two-week cycle. That's probably what's doing it to me. Are you a fan of the CBS broadcasting? Let's talk about the next hour. we got to get some NBA okay, nuggets fine. here. Uh, this is the time in the show where people demand it. Uh, I want to start with your reaction. You were the Lord by the Porzingis trade this week. Yes, I was. That's it. Well, you described it. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, so so Dallas made a big move. They got rid of a bunch of uh, expiring contracts. It helps out New York if they're going to try and get KD and Kyrie Irving and whoever else this offseason. Kind of a good move by the Knicks. There's a little risk involved because you've got a seven foot three guy coming back from an ACL. You wonder how uh, resilient uh, Porzingis is going to be. Is he going to be able to stay healthy? But I think what you love about this and I think what gets people excited is at least they're friggin doing something right. If you're a Portland fan, that's got to be the cool part of this. It's like even if it fails, at least you made a move. Well, I think the one thing everybody is overlooking with this deal that was incredibly smart of Dallas, or maybe they just kind of happened upon it, wasn't just the fact that you're getting Porzingis and now, you know, potentially you're going to hook him up with Doncic and create probably one of the most just vicious pick and roll situations in the league. But you got Tim Hardaway Jr. along with the deal, which is amazing because now you have an ulterior scorer where you can run the floor and have him just sit in the corner and shoot threes. I mean, you've now developed a roster that looks pretty set to actually challenge some teams in the West. Uh, Before the Porzingis trade, Dallas looked like they were about two, three years out from serious contention with Porzingis, Tim Hardaway Jr. And some of the pieces they got over, I mean, they could be a three uh, three seed next year. Expected return date for Porzingis is February, mid-February. So of next year, yeah. Of this year. Of this year? Yeah. I thought it was of next year. No, one-year recovery for uh, ACL. Could be interesting. It'll take yeah. him a year to really uh, recover and get back oh, into it. I but think so, I, for sure. And, I, well, and if you're I'm Dallas, looking, and I'm if looking you're Dallas, next year. If you're Dallas, take your time. Obviously, there's no hurry. And you you make a good point with the Blazers, too. And everybody, I, I know there was a lot of people on Twitter who were Blazer fans that were saying, like, why didn't we try to do this? Why didn't we try to do this? Okay, first of all, 
not possible. The Knicks' main goal was clearing cap space. Yep. We can't do that. We can't take on more cap space money. So, I mean, I initially thought it. Why don't we trade for him? But then you look at the situation and what they really sure. wanted. It just wasn't possible. But you bring up an incredible point, which is the Knicks are going all in. They don't care about what you think their future is. They're saying, but, but, I want KD. I want Kyrie. Quick thing, though, both teams are going all in because you're doing the same thing in Dallas as you're going, all right, this guy may have an injury history, but we're willing to take a risk on it, and I think that's important. But also to, important to mention that right now Portland's sitting you know, right in that 4-5, competing for a three-seed again. The Blazers are playing a lot better than the Dallas Mavericks. The Dallas Mavericks are showing signs. They did last year with Dennis Smith Jr. They traded him away, but now you've got Luka Doncic, who is – incredible and you just traded for a unicorn so if he can be healthy the future looks bright uh lakers are trying to make the move for anthony davis and uh not going incredibly well their first offer uh not even getting a response from the pelicans uh it got a response it was what <laughs> first offer included alonzo ball kyle kuzma rajon rondo michael beasley in a first round pick lakers basically came back uh after the pelicans were like yeah it's a non-starter for us and they said well here's the deal uh, we are only willing to give up two of our future all-stars or future players, whether that be Lonzo, Brandon Kuzma, Ingram, Ingram yeah. those guys, Hart. Um, I don't think Hart's that. Well, yeah, young. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they're only willing to give up one first-round pick. Now, I kind of think this is interesting because the Pelicans are starting to kind of see a wall with this uh with this trade scenario in that i think there's a lot of nba teams that are waking up to the idea of i don't know if i want to give up everything for anthony yeah. davis i actually don't know if he's worth it Ooh, i well, don't porzingis they just got two first round picks for porzingis they Isn't did. anthony davis more but, valuable but let me just say this that was the knicks yeah <laughs> no no that was dallas that gave I, up i know picks. but it was the knicks eh, anything yeah. with the knicks i kind of just put outside of the situation this is i guess what i'm trying to say is that anthony davis if he is a franchise changing player why haven't the pelicans been better over a longer span of time fair enough why haven't they been yep. if he's an all all you can have swiss army knife type of player where he's a seven footer that can play guard play the point forward play uh play center you know play great defense do all this stuff why weren't the Pelicans better? And I think that's kind of what the Lakers are looking at in this situation, and they're trying to kind of test the market and go, hey, you know what? If somebody can offer you something better, go ahead, but I don't think you're going to get it. I don't know. It's just difficult to do as a one-man band, uh, but at least they won a playoff series and a playoff game last year. I guess. <laughs> Who did they play last year? Like the Magic? Uh, they the played the Magic, right? Yeah. The... Wait, what? Yeah. Are you drunk? What? Who did the Pelicans sweep in the first round of the NBA playoffs? Yeah, it was the Orlando Magic, right? No, I don't think it is. Oh, sorry. I always get the Magic and the Blazers confused because <laughs> they're pretty much the same team. All right. Uh, there's your hot NBA I see. Team. I do. Yeah, it's really yeah. hard because, yeah, you know, they, yeah. they both are going nowhere. So it, it's like, you yeah. know. Is it the Phoenix Suns? Yeah. The... I thought it was the Sun. I don't know. Like, it, it's hard because, right, the Suns and the Blazers both have, like, a franchise guard on their team that, like, they, they care a lot about, but they won't do anything else to really help them. Oh, wait, no, that's not true because the Suns actually drafted DeAndre Ayton, and they're, like, trying to take chances and make their team better. Yeah. God, it's it, it's hard. Greg Oden. Uh, yeah. All right. The, uh, the challenge is 
to describe the Super Bowl in four words. Better you did text line is 55305. We'll get to more of your uh, thoughts on those. We'll try to put together our four-word Super Bowl and a lot more uh, talk about what's going on in the game in the second hour. But first, we do good versus evil. That is next right here on The Center and the Saint on Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan. Have you been too busy to keep up on sports this week? What has happened to the, What has happened? What has happened to the national interest? No time to form your own opinions? I stand before you here today in the midst of gnarly times. Well, no worries, brah. <laughs> Let the center and the saint shred the gnar while you just sit back and ride the wave. It's time for Good versus Evil. Brought to you by the titan of Hawaiian restaurants. 808 on 1080 The Fan. <laughs> hard for him it's been hard for us so just to kind of get him back on the court again playing ball uh you know Saturday's obviously a fun game for the NBA and you know we got a rematch with the Warriors but we got we got a lot of a lot of tough games ahead of us and we're gonna just have we got to get a lot better that was part-time ski lift operator who spends the bulk of his time practicing with his jazz funk fusion band Delphonic Mystery Love and his parents modest two-car uh, garage in Fort Collins, Colorado. Luke Walton. This He's got a week, good voice too. Huh? He's got a good voice. Yeah, he does. Not a good face though. No. This week, ESPN's Jackie McMullen reported that representatives for LeBron James believe there is tension between the Lakers superstar and the head coach, Luke Walton. That is, Lakers boss Jeannie Buss says Walton has the full support of the front office, but also notes that president of basketball operations Magic Johnson will ultimately be in charge of any personnel changes. Rumors are already swirling that Jason Kidd could possibly replace him. Can the Lakers' problems be pinned solely on Luke Walton? No. It's idiotic. You've had LeBron James out with a groin injury, and you've got a bunch of, uh, you know, young guys that haven't quite figured out how to play in the NBA. Jason Kidd, how do you do as a head coach? Uh, he had somebody bump into him, spill water on the court. <laughs> yeah, that guy's a joke, man. He was so ridiculous as a head coach. Here, bump into me so we can delay the game. See, that he, was one of my favorite moments of the NBA. He's the equivalent of walking out in front of a guy that's returning a kickoff for a touchdown and trying to bump into him. Like I love it. The Jets strength coach. I love that Jason about Jason Kidd. Kidd. Get out of here. Wait, you don't think that'd be good? No. Well, it'd be fun for entertainment purposes. How awesome but, would that be? Jason Kidd in L.A. Oh, boy. No? No. We're going to start setting up our first draft board, you know, based on the readings. And, and they're going to grade the players. And the, and, and they're going to each player is going to get a grade. And it doesn't get weighted whether you're a quarterback or an outside linebacker versus inside linebacker. It's a, it's a grade that we see you uh, fitting into the league, your talent level as compared to other people in the league. That was superlative scummy boat douche and Redskins team president Bruce Allen explaining how a draft works. Yeah, thanks. He was taking interviews at Super Bowl 53's Radio Row this week. According to Ian Rappaport, the Redskins are planning as if quarterback Alex Smith will not recover from his broken leg in time to play for next season. And to make matters worse, many analysts have noted the lack of quarterback talent in this year's draft. A possible solution could be to sign Ravens QB Joe Flacco. And there's also news coming out this week that Ryan Tannehill will be available, it seems like, from Miami. If you were the Redskins, would you trade up to get Kyler Murray or would you settle for Joe Flacco or Ryan Tannehill? Eh, That's a tough one. I mean, the goal for the Washington Redskins is always to be mediocre. I feel like with (laughs) Kyler Murray, you're going to be bad or good, but I don't think you're going to be mediocre. 
So that's probably a miss for what their goals are as an organization. They probably sign uh, Tannehill and Flacco. That way they can have two backup quality quarterbacks for when one of them breaks their leg, they can just swap them out and nobody will notice the difference. Isn't it also a little bit frightening that uh, that Kyler Murray his game resembles Robert Griffin the thirds. Robert <laughs> I Griffin guess they the could, third. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They could do that. They'll, he'll have a rookie of the year campaign, get to the playoffs, then get hurt and never recover. That's yeah. also, that's also a move that Washington has done before. So maybe they'll go with that. Yeah. That, that seems a little scary to me. A little too close for comfort. Yeah. In this NFL with the ridiculous stuff that I am seeing transpire combined with how Jason Garrett is viewed as such a nice fun-loving, affable guy that gets along with players well, where you just gloss over the record of a perpetual mediocrity that we have witnessed. Do I dismiss the notion that an abundance of teams would clamor and call for Jason Garrett to be their head coach, particularly coming off a playoff appearance? Yeah. What? That was living Cold War era atomic bomb siren reincarnate Stephen A. Smith. He's uh, apparently talking about the Cowboys. I couldn't even tell. Yeah. I heard a commercial with him the other day where he was talking in that same tone about God knows what. And I'm just like, why are you yelling a commercial at me, you lunatic? What did he say there? Are you trying to tell me that Jason Garrett, who may or may not have slept with my wife, was found sleeping with my wife? I need to put in more big words that are not quite fitting. You need to shoehorn in some more just garbage words to make yourself sound smart in that. Holy cow, that was tough to listen to. ESPN's reporting the Cowboys owner Jerry Jones will not extend head coach Jason Garrett's contract, making next year pretty much a lame duck season for him. It seems like Garrett has lived on the hot seat for the better part of a decade, even though he won the division title and a wild card game this season. But apparently Jerry Jones wants more. Should the Cowboys venture to find something better? Let me repeat your words with more exuberance and exaggeration in everything that you said. Holy cow. Whoa, 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 Hold on a second. Man, I need to I need to start working on my Stephen A impression. God, that was a lot of just like $2 words crammed in there. What was your question? I'm just shocked by that. That was a, a deep cut. Should the Cowboys get rid of Jason Garrett and go looking for a better coach? Well, their their goal also, like the Redskins, is to be mediocre. And Jerry Jones wants to get all the credit when they do win. So it'll be tough to do. Yeah, I think they go out and get Marvin Lewis. That'll make you equally as mediocre and a guy that somehow hangs on longer than Jason Garrett. Um, hey, you're guaranteed to make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I'm all for making a splashy hire, but I think that the Arizona Cardinals are going to be hot garbage this year. Adam Gase already failed in Miami. He got a chance in, in uh, New York. So you're going to see a lot of these coaches that are splashy hires be really terrible. Jason Garrett did win the division. I know it's a bad division, but... Uh, he won a playoff game. Maybe you stick with him. Yeah, I... Listen, I thought I said I said when they beat the Seahawks, the best thing that could have happened for non-Cowboy fans is that he kept his job and Dak Prescott kept his starting job. Well, and I think we are following the show rule, which is don't fire unless you have something better. Yep. All right, time for my favorite story of the week, and this one comes from Florida. Public Works employees in Florida stumbled upon something they don't see every day. A small, claustrophobic tunnel leading to a Chase Bank, according to the FBI. 
The Pembroke Pines Public Works employees responded to a report of a possible sinkhole near the bank on Flamingo Road on Tuesday night and discovered the tunnel, which was about 50 yards long with a power cord inside and a small generator at the foot. The tunnel was near a wooded area south of the bank, which is a shopping complex across from the street from the tunnel's entrance. The tunnel didn't reach the bank, the FBI said, adding that it is investigating the discovery of an attempted bank burglary. No arrests have been made. Wasn't that the plot of Short Circuit 2? Yes. <laughs> Somebody tried to basically short circuit a bank in Florida by digging a tunnel underneath yeah. into the vault. Yep. Get the money. And then and just go drop out. down. Yeah. And then no one is the wiser. Oh my God, I wish that worked. <laughs> Great. Could work. Could well. Now it's been <laughs> discovered. I don't know. I mean, well, and isn't it the whole thing of like, you know, there's probably cameras in the vault. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, the whole thing. But you pop up wearing a big mole suit. <laughs> you go, like, wouldn't you dress as, like, one of the guys from the Kia commercial in that little uh, guinea pig suit or yeah. whatever it is? And pop up there. It's like, dude, a giant mole just stole all our money. You mean it would be a, uh, the people on the, watching the camera, the security guards would be like, oh, 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 it's just a mole. <laughs> yeah. It's not a big deal. He doesn't want money. Yeah, so, oh, he does. He's took it all. <laughs> Huge bull costume. That would be awesome. So, look, you're either going to tell me who you are, you're going to answer some straight questions here, or we're going to have problems. Sir, I'm just a regular mole. Guys, I feel like a we have hole. a mole in the organization. Yeah. <laughs> Sir, I was literally just trying to find my way around, and I stumbled upon this bank. I'm a regular, everyday mole. Yeah. Money means nothing to me. Yeah. I thought it was grass. Yeah. I was just taking it back to build a nice, soft place to lay down yeah. underground where I live because I'm a mole. How dare you? How dare you of course he did have a generator so that might uh, be bad sure. all right uh there's your good versus evil brought to you by our friends at 808 the titan of hawaiian restaurants at 2454 east burnside or 52nd and woodstock super bowl is tomorrow we talk about that in the entire second hour until you are sick of it you're welcome that's next center and saint 1080 the fan Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 